0: Hey friends, I hope this episode finds you having a good start to your 2023. It's been a while since my last episode, and I appreciate your patience in coming with a new idea, but I had some challenging times at school between Thanksgiving and our winter break, and I was just really exhausted, needing some refreshing time, trying to find new ways to care for myself and um, take care of those kind of basic needs and to be quite honest, I didn't really have any ideas to share in my episodes, but I have found myself kind of re- restarting my creativity and feeling excited and things like that. And so today I want to talk to you about using the chat GPT, the AI intelligence, and kind of using that to help spark your your creativity to take the creative burden off of yourself because I was playing around with it a week or two ago and I really started to see how this could benefit me as a teacher as half of the exhaustion, I think, for those of us that do a lot of storytelling and do a lot of comprehensible input, half the exhaustion comes from trying to come up with what we're going to talk about and creative ideas. And so I was like, after seeing all these tweets and these TikToks about teachers using this chat GPT to generate lesson plans and all these other things, um, again, putting my own thoughts or ideas about kind of AI websites aside, I was like, huh, this could really be beneficial for that. And so if you haven't heard of it, ChatGPT, the, it's like openai.com is basically an, a computer, right? An artificial intelligence that you can kind of have a conversation, so to speak, with. And there have been lots and lots of conversations about the negative sides of it. You know, if students discover this, they could ask it to write papers, that it's really sourcing information from what already exists in the world. So it's not, I mean, it's really kind of plagiarizing, right, other people's works or taking other people's ideas and recombining it to create what you've asked it to find and and doing all of these things. However, just like any other tool and technology, in my personal opinion, I really feel like if you know how to use it, it can be beneficial. And so if you are not into this sort of thing or you are vehemently against it, then this episode is not going to be for you. Um, And I understand that, you know, people have different varying levels of comfort with information being shared on the web and this, that, or the other. And I'm kind of in the boat of, I don't have anything to hide. Not that I want any websites or things like using my information for evil, but like, I don't have anything to hide there's so much information already out there and available. Um, other AI type things are like your Amazon Echo Dots, your Siri, your Google Home, all of that. And I already use all of those things. So at this point, I've already exposed myself to a risk of these types of things. And so I figure might as well use it to save my, to save my time and energy as far as teaching goes. So I had seen online different teachers basically typing into it like write a lesson plan for sixth grade students on this topic and it will like come up with step-by-step instructions and activities you can do or you could have it write a quiz or write math problems and then you can have it generate answer keys and so I thought to myself okay well let me see how I can use this to generate Spanish because I had seen some people sharing that it can so I was like sweet Because oftentimes my biggest struggle when I get to my unit on storytelling, especially like imaginative storytelling, um, obviously if I'm sharing personal stories or uh, biographical or historical information, those are a lot easier on the brain because that information is already out there or I've lived through it. So it's easy to find that information and put it together. But even sometimes then you're digging through piles and piles of information and you're trying to make it comprehensible to your students and you're trying to... Um, include the important information and you're trying to verify that you're you're not teaching it from a perspective of too much bias and you're checking your own bias and all these things, right? And so it can still be exhausting and take a very long time. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder what this sucker can do. So I fired it up one night and I typed in, write a story in Spanish. Well, I said novice Spanish, but I don't think it understood that part, but I'm going to address How I kind of worked around that in a second um, about a princess and a dragon. And I hit enter and boom, it pulled out or I said a short story, I think. So it was only like two paragraphs long. So it pulled out this story and I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. So I look at it and I look at the language and I'm like, yeah, that's probably like a good intermediate, mid, intermediate, high level language. So I'm like, hmm, what can I say to it? So because it is a conversational computer generation, you can like tell it to rewrite what it already wrote and make modifications to it. So I said, rewrite that story for kindergarten. So I hit enter, boom, it simplified it down to even easier language. I was like, sweet. So then I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can make it even simpler. Rewrite that story for a (laughs) three-year-old, And it did it and it kept simplifying it. And what's interesting about it is that obviously I know that this it's pulling information right from that already exists in the world. I'm never going to try to claim that any of these stories are mine or that I created them or I came up with them um, or anything like that. But I'm trying to create this compelling content for my students. And if I can put in any kind of wild and interesting things in there, they're going to be way more hooked and wanting to listen to me because... You know, they're not going to know what's going to happen next. And so I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So there, and then I, you could tell it to shorten the story to a paragraph or rewrite it, um in only so many sentences or whatever. So then I was like, okay, I'm doing a unit currently in my sixth grade, and we're finishing up now about heroes. And we talk about real-life heroes and fictional heroes. Um, P.S., look for the hero unit and the resources I've created and have available coming to my Teachers Pay Teachers store sometime soon. Um, And I was like, I wonder if it can compare and contrast or write biographical kind of descriptions of these different heroes. So I did the same kind of thing. I said, write a paragraph describing Captain America in Spanish. And it did. And then I said, rewrite it at for a third, a three-year-old or whatever. But because you're not sheltering grammar, it has all kinds of verb tenses in it. And then I was like, oh, I'm really curious. Can I tell it to only use specific verb tenses? So I said, rewrite this only in the present tense. And it did it. And then I had, I did a similar one about Harry Potter because those are two characters that we talk about in class and compare and contrast. And um, I said, you know, rewrite this using only the present tense and the simple past tense because it was using all the perfect tenses and all that. And my students are, I don't shelter them from those types of things, but I want to make the language, especially if they're reading something in class, the most accessible I can with things they're familiar with, right? So they're very familiar with the present and the past as far as like the preter and imperfect goes. And it did. And then I was like, write a paragraph comparing and contrasting Harry Potter and Captain America. And then again, you can give it commands to rewrite things. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. And then I was like, can it write comprehension questions in English? Because, you know, a true test of comprehension, especially for younger students, is just asking them English questions about the Spanish text or, you know, L1, about the L2 text that they've read. So I said, write 10 comprehension questions in English about the paragraph you just wrote. Boom, it generated them. And then I said, write an answer key for the par- the comprehension questions you just wrote. Boom, it gives you the answer key. And this is amazing. And so obviously, I'm I want to cater to my students' interests, my interests, you know, what they're going to need in order to be successful going into high school, all these things, right? But from time to time, being able to take the pressure off of myself and my brain to get that jumping off point, of course, I'm going to have to reread what the thing wrote and modify the text, maybe modify the questions or the task that that it came up with for students to do. But just taking that burden off of that like getting started for me, especially as someone with ADHD that struggles with executive function, often it's that getting started that's my biggest stumbling block. And once I'm started, then it's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's create this. And I thought to myself, for sub plans, that is going to be amazing. When I am sitting at home sick or even like last week, I um, I actually, it was like almost bedtime and I was prepping my lunch for the next day and I was going to get my containers out to um, to put my salad in for lunch for the next day. My, I got one container out. I heard another one starting to fall. They collided. It sliced my finger. I didn't stop bleeding for hours. I ended up needing to go to the ER, getting glued back together, whatever. So I took the day off. And aside from the fact that like, it was too hard for me to type because my pinky had been sliced and I was like in pain. If it had been a normal situation where I wasn't like physically unable to type up subplans, I would have probably told this system, this chat GPT, the AI, to write a story for me, made sure the language was simple enough for my students, generate comprehension questions, and then like plopped that into a worksheet for them to complete and maybe had them draw a couple of different scenes to show comprehension. Like the idea of coming up with subplans is so daunting to me when I am sick or when I am not at my best or when I have something else going on in my life that prevents me from being at school that oftentimes, as you know, I'm sure, I choose to just go to work and muster through. This is going to be a huge help moving forward. I also asked it to, um, you know, create a list of the top 10 influential um, Latinos in the United States. It came up with this huge list for me. It gave me like a snippet about what they've been influential about. And so I feel like this is a really good way for us as teachers to come to a starting point of new or more creative or different information than the things that we have been doing in the past that isn't going to burn us out. And to be quite honest with the current state of Um, Our education system and the last few years of the pandemic and just like life has just been so overwhelming for so long that I don't have energy to give. I want to, but I don't. And so having another tool at my disposal for in those moments is going to be huge. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about what I learned about it as I was playing around on it um, with you and maybe gives you some different ideas of how you could play around on it and use it. And again, I'm not saying that you take it and copy it word for word. Maybe you take it, you modify it, you add to it, you change details, you do what you need to do to make it work for your students. You don't claim that you wrote it because, of course, it's taking ideas from places online. And if you're morally against that, again, I understand, I hear you, but I, at this point in my life, I am willing to try new things until someone can show me otherwise um, why I absolutely should not be supporting that um and i'm willing to learn and change but right now i think it's going to be a great tool to kind of help me get a jumping off point to make my life a little bit easier and to be generating new content that will interest my students so try it out let me know what you think um i also did find that when i went to school and tried to use it there cuz i was going to have to miss school again because my My glued-together cut was not healing well and did not I did not get cared for appropriately at the ER, Um, so I had to miss school again on Monday afternoon to go to um, my regular doctor to have a follow-up and get it kind of fixed up. Um, I was going to try to generate some things for my afternoon classes, and lo and behold, it was blocked at school, so you might run into that. I did ask our IT person if she would be willing to unblock it, and the, for staff, not for students. I do not, I'm at this point, I am not advocating at all that this is a student tool. Um, that is something I have not thought about. So, all of this information I'm sharing with you is from the perspective of me as a teacher creating lesson ideas, not stuff for students to be using, like creating. Um, and so, she actually found out that it was our whole district that was blocking it, not just our school because she has control over what we have access to or not at our building, but because we're using, like, the district Wi-Fi, we're a charter school, so things get a little funky. But because we're using the district's, like, internet service, they have, like, overarching, say, of, like, blocking specific things. And she was like, oh, well, they're going to look into it, blah, blah, blah. It might be a while. And I was like, okay. Well, then all of a sudden on, like, Tuesday – this past week, they were like, oh, the district administrators are all getting together to meet before they decide if they're going to unblock it or not for all the staff at the schools, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, okay. I didn't realize it was that deep. And I mean, I guess I I don't understand the ins and outs of ITs. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, At the end of the day, if they decide to block it, that is what it is. I guess I can use it at home and just email myself, you know, the ideas later and kind of take them and run with them from there. But I've been trying really hard not to bring work home with me. Um, However, I must not have been the only staff member in our district asking for this to be available for teacher use. And so they did decide to allow it. But when they allowed it for staff use, they did send out a whole bunch of, like, warnings this is could be the problems with it but also like here's all the benefits and here's like different prompts you could put in and other research that must have been done by other schools um around the world the country and they shared these ideas with us too and so just being aware of the pros and cons of the tools and what it does and what it doesn't do and what the the boundaries are for it um I think is really important and just like any tool, if you are educated and you use it carefully and you know how to use it, I think it can be super beneficial. So let me know if you tried it out. Let me know if you have any other tips or information. Um, but I wanted to share with you my experience in case you're finding yourself in a place where you're wanting to find that extra creativity or, um, to take a little, a little load off of your brain power for a minute. So I hope, uh, I hope that this was helpful and we'll talk soon.